A week ago, we began unearthing a large object that we think is to move the structure that goes down really far. This is the real deal, and we're looking at one of the biggest finds in the past century. The crew will be remembered mm -hmm. for the greatest archaeological find possibly ever. Yeah, right. I like the sound of that. There Cheers. it is, gentlemen. Still feel like shit, eh? Yeah. You been feeling progressively worse throughout the week? Yeah. Someone was sneaking around the outpost last night. I don't know, maybe it was an animal. For Christ's sake, that was no animal. When was the last time you slept? I'm not sure. You're hallucinating. He's here now, listening, watching. He's watching me. Jensen, I can't move without him watching me. I can't move. Calm down. Hello and welcome to the Cinemondo podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies. Horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. And today we have a special guest. Yes, we're excited to have director, uh, film auteur, <laughs> uh, who has directed uh, two films, Black Mountainside and Archons, uh, Nick Shostakowski. Nick. Welcome aboard. Welcome to Cinemondo. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, well, we both are, we all are fans of your films. Uh, we saw them recently and it's great for me to, to sort of discover a new filmmaker, especially one in the horror genre. And these are two very smart films. I mean, I'll just start off. I don't know if you want to talk about Black Mountainside first or Archons, if you have a preference chronologically um, or, you know. Why don't we start with, let's start with Black Mountainside. Okay. Oh. If, well, if, you, if you care. Yeah, no, that's... Um, well, I want to hear, too, just about how you got started in filmmaking. I always like to start with, like, how people get started and how they got in there, because it's not easy to get films made. So <laughs> I'd like to see how you started. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that's hot. that's a tough one, because like, going back till I, till I was um, 13 years old, I was trying to make crappy movies, right, with, <laughs> with a camcorder that is, you know, now the iPhone is like a thousand times better than that. And then like, even, even when I was uh, 17, I made, I made like a, a $0 budget feature that never got released uh, widely. Um, and that was a comedy. And we made that with a camera, um, a DVX um, camera, which now again, an iPhone is, is better than that. So, but yeah, it was just, you know, as a teenager, I think the same thing with a lot of filmmakers is you just want to make movies and you just do whatever you can to make them and they get better and better and better as you go. And, um, for me, I think my main goal before used to be, I wanted to be a screenwriter. So I would write tons and tons of screenplays. And, um, then the idea of having other people make them just lost my interest. Um, especially when I started kind of making screenplays for buddies and they would try to make them. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't like what you did with that. So yeah, I mean, that's, I, that, that, that's kind of it. It's just kind of an interest that I've always had. Did you go to film school at all or did you just sort of learn on your own? So yeah, after I made that $0 um, budget film, I, I decided to go to film school to learn how to do it properly. Uh, I went to Vancouver film school. Yeah. So I moved, I moved out West and right. that, that was a year course. And, and yeah, now that's actually where I met a lot of the people that I made black mountainside and archons with was in, in, in film school. So, so in your film school, this is because this is the question I get, uh, I've tried to write scripts and I did a short film. So it's just, how do you go from like, okay, I've written a bunch of screenplays. I want to shoot this feature, not a short, but a feature, you know, how do I, uh, like, how did you get the funding for it? How did you sort of pull the people together and actually make black mountainside, you know? So that's yeah, a that's, a, that's a great, great question. I mean, for me, it's always just been like, I'm a big, like go big or go home kind of person. So <laughs> when someone comes to me and they said, let, they say like, let's make a short film. I'm like, no, that's, that's not, 
you know, that's not my, what I'm interested in unless it's like to test a camera out or something. But, um, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I very ambitious wrote the screenplay had, I had no resources at that point when I wrote the screenplay other than like friends who also went to film school. And then the original plan was to just take, um, like a buddy's camera, like just a DSLR camera. And we would go find some actors who were willing to do it for free. And we were just going to do it really on the cheap. And then as we started kind of getting into it, we wrote the script, uh, a few more people got interested. Um, we started toying around with the idea of, well, what if we had like 30 grand, like we could, you know, pay a, a small crew. It could be a lot, a, a lot bigger than what we originally envisioned. So we started doing that um trying to like find 30 grand or so and then it just kind of it grew and grew and grew until it, it became what black mountainside is which is um not a lot more than 30 grand but i mean it, it, yeah it's 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 a lot more than zero dollars that's for sure it looks expensive it, it looks does. beautiful it's there's nothing about it that i thought was like oh this is cheesy you know how you spot something in a in a movie like bad audio or something it had everything it had all the things mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and and that's totally. Uh, I mean, what we were going for is uh, coming out of film school. Is you have a lot of very ambitious people. Like um, my roommate at the time was like a sound uh, like recorder. He still right. is. A, he does field sound recording, and um, you just get a lot of these people who who want to do the show their best. And that we were all like young and ambitious when we made it. So. Um, but yeah, that that's like one of the biggest compliments we've ever gotten to is we, we took the film to, to Santa Monica for the American film market um, back in 2014, I think. And, and we met with distributors and they that like one question they always ask is like, oh, what was the budget for the film? And we never really told anyone what the budget was because we didn't want to let on that it was yeah. so cheap. But uh, we had we had people guessing they're like, oh, it was like a one million, one point five million dollar budget. That That's what like people were guessing. It's like, no, not even. <laughs> Not even, and not to mention it's with our like Canadian dollary dues too. I mean, yeah, right. it's impressive that you did that feature with those effects and just you know beautiful cinematography. I think your partner there, Cameron Tremblay, really the the movie looks wonderful. I mean, it's just it has that feel of like the setting of you know being out there in the uh, Canadian Rockies. I mean, you sense you're out in the middle of nowhere. That great feeling of isolation is so important, and sometimes films don't get that right, you know. And you did. Yeah, yeah so I mean, tell us about oh, I'm sorry I, I, I just want to we're talking about it Cameron so oh yeah <laughs> please plug good. Cameron before we answer my question oh, he I was just gonna it. say Cam Cameron's great and um, I mean you give him a beautiful Canadian landscape and, and that's you know that's all he needs but that's yeah sorry like. go on we like made full use of it yeah movie that's not set in the you know in either you know LA or Los Angeles <laughs> as most films are it's like you know okay this is a different location and you get that feeling like mark said of isolation and you know this isn't this isn't you know the back lot at uh, warner brothers this is real they're like you get the impression that these guys are really out there and they evidently are you know <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we wanted to do everything on location. I mean, we ended up doing it like I think it was two days in a studio to pick up a couple scenes. Um, but aside from that, we're all on location. I mean, that's that, that location is where we slept and that's where we ate and that's where we lived. And we had no days off when we did the shoot. It was uh, 11 straight days, um, no breaks. So and yeah, those rooms that you see the guys living in um, in the film is where they lived. So <laughs> nice. It's yeah. that's you know, I was thinking that actual interiors of the buildings of your exteriors that you interiors and exteriors uh, when i was watching it I, I loved how it felt lived in because it, it you know sometimes you see films you see people in environments and you know they're actors on a set and they're in there and they're doing it but it had a very lived in look and that's what made it feel really authentic like the camaraderie and and just how it felt you know just it felt that warm lived in feel um i wanted you to just describe um the movie you know what it's about and what your basic thoughts were about it so people know what we're talking about <laughs> just so describe like the plot of the movie story. yeah the plot and what you're thinking was as you as you came up with the basic overall concept well okay so the, i mean the plot of the movie is about it's about a group of archaeologists who uncover a structure um in northern canada that shouldn't be there based on the carbon dating of the structure so they bring in a professor from the university of toronto and he's he's gonna kind of assess whether this deserves to have funding or not um and a after he arrives strange things start to happen around the camp 
um, not to go into too many spoilers, but uh, um, people start to kind of question their sanity um, and the audience questions, I hopefully whether or not, you know, they're, they're going insane or what is happening is happening. And, and yeah, so that's, that, that's the main plot of the film. And that was the main idea that we had going into it. Um, and sorry, you wanted to know kind of like how it developed from an idea standpoint. Yeah. Like, what well, is it? Cause I got the feeling it almost had sort of an environmental sort of mystical feel to it. I don't know if that was the intention, but I got the very, you know, a very like people in this beautiful natural environment were kind of, you know, sullying it in a way. And I'm not sure if that's what your intention was, but I think that's why I felt like it cut a little deeper than some films in that kind of uh, concept. Oh, okay. So I've heard that before too. That's, that's always interesting when I hear that. I mean, I'm not, not to like rain on that parade, but definitely we weren't going for like an environmentalist sort of um, thing. I mean, I'm from Calgary. You're not going to get too many environmentalist movies out of Calgary. But, um, no, no, no. It, it's good. I've, I've seen that one a few times. And, and, and that's my, one, of, one of my things is I'm always open to people interpreting the movie however they want to interpret it. And I don't think there's any like wrong interpretation. Um, I mean, that's why the movie is a little bit ambiguous. We don't that. I mean, that's not even really a spoiler. I wouldn't say that's all over. If you look up the movie, that's the, you know, every review is points it out that it's an ambiguous movie. So, and and the reason we do that um, for, for black mountainside and archons, even a little bit um, is that we like to have people kind of come up with interpretations. And I think it's the kind of movie and the kind of movie we wanted to make originally when we sat down and said, let's make a feature film is the kind of movies we loved um, like the shining or eyes wide shut, like two really good Kubrick movies is you, you watch the movie and afterwards it, there's like, there's room for discussion. Yeah. So you can yeah. like, you can talk to your friends, you can talk about theories, you can try to figure out what happened. You can rewatch it. You can look for clues. I mean, that's the kind of movie that we like. We're not really too into the, everything's packaged in a night, like, okay, this nice package. And it's like, this is what happened. And okay, that's great. You know, we, yeah. we, we, we like the idea of a movie being more like a, I don't want to say like a puzzle, but something that there, there's some satisfaction in, in digging a little bit deeper. Yeah. If you, if you, you want I mean, perfect for podcast discussions, you know, certainly, but also just, um, I love movies where you say, I want to see that again, because maybe I'm going to look at it from a different angle. And, you know, we've talked about in like hereditary is a movie you can watch multiple times because it goes different ways. And same with both of your films. They are like, you go back, oh, this is why the character might have, you know, behaved like that in that scene. The first time you're just watching the story, the second time you're saying, okay, I'm trying to figure out based on the ending what really is happening. And both of your films do that. We talked about that with Archons and we, we had a discussion. And it's like, oh, what was your interpretation of so-and-so, you know? I don't mm-hmm. want to s- spoil that one because that's a really fun film to to take that journey down that river with them, not knowing what you're going to find, you know, the first time you watch it, it's like, what the hell is happening? You know? (laughs) And, but then when you watch it again, like Mark was saying, you watch it again, you kind of know some sub stories and it's even creepier, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It it was, I, you know, I feel like black mountain side felt a little more linear, you know, like, I feel like I understood it. And then, and then the end, you kind of go, oh, it could be like, you know, my interpretation wasn't necessarily right, you know, necessarily right, but it's something you can read into however you want. But I, I liked, I liked the dynamic of we have an all male cast like the thing you know it reminded me a lot of the thing it's like you're it's sort of this isolation you're trapped in the snowy icy area it's a bunch of of guys who look like they've been doing this a long time and you know they're they're very uh set in their ways and how they're going to do it they seem like they know each other really well and i liked that where you take that relationship and it starts kind of turning inside out in a way like people start kind of you know uh exposing kind of some of their weaknesses or their, you know, inherent sort of fears that sort of start getting worse and worse. And they can't be like, are we going crazy? What's happening? And these are guys that are like, not the type who would be like, you know, in touch with their feelings, really. (laughs) So I really loved the way that that escalated. It was really well done, I thought. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, we... That that moment, you know, it's like when people start bothering you because they're just messing with something on the table, you know. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) Yeah. What... 
Oh, sorry. Go on. No, go, Nick. Go ahead, please. I was just going to say a little, little like Easter egg too about that that scene you're referring to there, where he's playing with the artifact on the table. Um, someone, someone else was asking about it recently, and they they pointed out. Um, uh, they were like, oh, well, like in that scene, because he he went back and watched Black Mountainside after watching Archons, and he said that during that scene he like mentions the plane crash, and then he was like, in Archons, they, there's a mention of a plane crash and at the end too, and he was like, is there any sort of connection there? And I I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Either. I did. Now yeah. I saw Archons yeah. before Black Mountainside, so it was sort of like reverse. But I definitely said, well, this is kind of the same area somewhere in the you know British Columbia, yeah, uh, the Canadian Rockies. So I definitely said there's some sort of connection between the two you know locations like there was a similar same kind of forces happening i'm thinking that some of the some of the um triggering elements of one film may have existed in the other film too as yeah. as some sort of a thing that happens to people <laughs> yeah i mean we, we tried to make it almost like a little bit of a like a universe a little bit but like yeah. kind of a loosely connected sort of thing mm-hmm. right um yeah i mean it, it's fun to do stuff like that too i think it makes like i said when when you're trying to make like a puzzle yeah. um it kind of it makes it more fun for the audience to find there's even more for them to figure out now and and um a reason to go watch both movies <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well before we go on to archons i did want to mention two things first there are a lot of easter eggs in black mountainside especially if you're a fan of the thing at least i was like oh my gosh that's a that's a correlation that's a connection but also i think your direction in the movie is really good because i knew that camp that that site that campsite really well yeah. like there's that great scene where you're following at the end the guy with the child's with the gun and you're, you really know where he's going like he's going into this building then he's going to go down and go down the path and go into this building that was extremely well done and I was like, I know exactly where he's going. I love that. I, I need that in a movie. If, if, I yeah. don't, if I don't sense the spatial feeling of a place, I'm completely out. I'm, I don't care about the action anymore. So that we, was we cool. kind of borrowed that, um, that if you've seen the movie Elephant um, mm-hmm. by Gus Van Sant, I think does yeah. that one. Um, yeah. If you if yeah, so that one it's the same similar sort of thing. We kind of borrowed his style there, where he had, he does those really long like following shots that kind of go through the whole area, and and it really gives the audience this this yeah like spatial recognition. Yeah, yeah. If you understand the that, geography so. of your place <laughs> yeah. that your characters are in, you you understand how far. A, a, a thing is away from where they are and it's just it helps you understand the drama of getting from a to b you know the blocking you know when somebody walks from here to here you know where they are and it's it's an element of storytelling that i think not enough directors really understand placing people in a in an understandable geography <laughs> yeah and and it was it was really important to us too to 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 do that to to make sure that it felt like the audience is there like yeah. that the audience arrives with the professor in the helicopter at the start of the movie um we learn the camp as he learns the camp um i mean that's one of the, one of the reasons the film has no score either is because we wanted to, to we wanted it to almost feel like you're standing when they're like standing around and talking we wanted it to feel like you're standing there with them yeah and, and you're you're in this room with them and and you you yeah exactly and you know where everything is in the room and and when there's a noise you know like oh that could be over there that could be over there right it it, it, we didn't want it to just be i mean you'll notice also in the film there's not a lot of any close-ups i think there's one close-up um it's it's all wide so i mean you see everything there's no like blurry depth of field it's all you see everything all the time so yeah yeah in the room yeah and i think that's something like something like the feeling it like you know the environment is i think it's one of those subconscious things that uh, most viewers probably wouldn't really notice but then when it's there you feel very comfortable in knowing exactly where everybody is and not or not and i think it's sort of an unappreciated little facet to filmmaking that a lot of people don't really recognize at the time but they appreciate later <laughs> yeah well hopefully most of them anyways yeah. <laughs> so archons archons that that was a I I like that one. That's a I like both of them. But that one to me was sort of like I get the impression that you know music people or are a music people yourself. Because <laughs> I, I played in bands for many many years, and whenever I see a movie that's supposed to be about people in bands, it's always phony and stupid you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) but this one i felt like these i felt like these actors you know 
understood they maybe they're musicians or they understood they knew how to hold a guitar <laughs> yeah yeah they are they are musicians and i mean and I, yeah i also am a musician i mean i've been staring at your ricky and your background there and um <laughs> he's showing off <laughs> yeah um no i mean i played in a band for for quite a while too after i moved out to vancouver um well a couple of years anyways but um yeah definitely i mean that i i wanted to write something that you know, I understood. I didn't want to write a movie about accountants. Um, (laughs) so, so yeah, music is something that I I know about and, um, yeah, Rob Racco who plays, uh, um, Eric in the film, he, 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 he's a drummer, um, in a band, uh, that was touring quite a bit. I think he's in a different band now, um, with AJ Kappa from Riverdale. They're in a band together. Um, but he, he owns a drum, uh, a drum store and they make custom drums. So he's actually like a bonafide musician and he, he can play the guitar quite well. Um, and then Josh Collins, who plays Mitch also a guitar player. Um, I don't believe he's ever been in a band and, but he, he's, he's not bad and he, he sings and he did like, um, uh, he did like a little Kurt Cobain um, thing too before he did Hammer of the Gods too, where he played Kurt Cobain. I, I don't know if it was like a like a lifetime thing or what it was, but um, he's, yeah, he's so. got the look. I mean, you could yeah. tell, you could tell that he mm-hmm. would pull off Kurt Cobain with a little, you know, makeup. Yeah, and, and I think that's why when when he came into the audition is why he had long hair is because he was just coming off of doing that because he doesn't normally have like the long hair, so. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, I wanted to definitely cast guys who, who could, who could actually play on, on screen. We didn't want to have to, whenever there was scenes where they're playing, have to like, just be on their face and then have a hand double strumming the guitar. And, <laughs> the classic. Yeah. Just yeah, the way piano. they talk about music in general, the way they discuss the band and the way the, you know, those discussions that every band has and the way you talk about the band and the way you relate to the other band members, it's like a weird freaky marriage you know yeah and uh but then aside from that it's also you take that and the re- very realistic relationships between the characters and you throw them on a on a uh, mysterious never-ending river journey into strangeness and and these these events that you cannot come back from type of thing you know deliverance stuff and that to me is great we we all talk about on this podcast a lot we talk about isolation horror you know and the idea of that's where so much drama comes from is putting your you know making your characters believable describing having those moments those those brief moments that define this character beautifully in a short amount of time put those people in a situation and you're just sitting there like ah i can't stand this (laughs) it's like what's gonna happen somebody something horrible happens to someone and you know and it's like this you know without any spoilers but it also in in addition to having the sort of deliverance vibe or not really but it's a river that's the only connection you also get this added strangeness of an of the outside force that is this triggering substance <laughs> that you add to it and it's it's just a great um strange adventure down this down this river into <laughs> mystery <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's like yeah it was a it was a fun film to make it was a, it was definitely a fun film to write i mean it was a it, even like before we um filmed black mountainside it was actually a screenplay that i'd written before black mountainside um that we we went back and did quite a few rewrites just because i i came a long way i think as a writer and, and i i figured i could make it better but um yeah i mean like music and has always been there for me isolation horror is that's my favorite um as well i mean if you can't if you can't tell from yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah just like those have always been like really big things for me and i so like what yeah uh archons was like one of my first horror screenplays that i ever wrote Hmm. um maybe actually to come to think of it, it might've actually been the first horror screenplay I ever wrote. Um, 
but it, it changed dramatically on into the future draft. So I don't know if you could even call it the same script technically. I, I don't know. It depends on how you classify it. But <laughs> the same general idea. I mean, it's it's hard to talk about what happens in the film without giving uh, yeah you know, away some major th- things that we shouldn't give away. So you should watch the film. But, but it's ba- given away enough to to make people want to watch it. You know, if you if you like those, yeah, we're talking about you know the style and everything. But yeah, it's the kind of film that you can't talk about too much. You can't go too far into a a, a discussion about it without giving away too much. You, right. know, you want it's you really want the first time you see it, you want to not know where they're going, you know, what's happening, what's gonna happen and what the hell, you know, it's like, Oh no, well, now, I mean, I, now we're here. I think one way you can describe it is just like how it opens, which I think is, is cool because it, it has an emotional kind of layer that, it, you know, that you're not expecting. Like it starts with these people camping and then this guy comes up in his canoe and he's, he's a, a famous rock person and the girl recognizes him. Um, so you get a little bit of that posturing, like, oh, he's a famous rock star, and that's so cool. And then the rest, some of the band joins them, and they're all kind of hanging out with these girls that they had encountered. And so in your mind, you're kind of trying to project, like, what's going to happen? You know, it just seems so odd to see rock stars in the woods camping. It just seemed wrong, right? And then I loved how they um, listened to the radio, and I think this, is, this isn't this is even a spoiler. I think it's a way to sort of a way in is that they're, they've kind of had their day. It feels a little like and then they're kind of humiliated in front of these women that the radio announcer is sort of talking about how they aren't really relevant anymore in a way. So then there's a sort of sadness <laughs> that kind of happens. I thought that was such a cool way to kind of throw you off where it might go because so many times you see musicians in films and they're the swagger and they're the rock stars. And like Berg said, it feels really phony. That moment felt so like there's so real because i feel like inside a, a, a musical dynamic there's all the emotions like you said there's the marriage there's the pressure of fame there's like you know what's going to happen with you know is our next record going to make it the insecurity of it all that you never really see on on camera very often so i really appreciate that because it sort of was like wah, wah, you know <laughs> after they were like look at how cool we are <laughs> so yeah. i thought that was amazing i mean we, we definitely try to like avoid or like i try to avoid when i'm writing like falling into stereotypes too much. And I mean, with when you get into like a movie about rock stars, it's pretty easy to, to, to fall for the stereotype trap, um, especially with a horror film. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, I grew up like when my dad was a musician, like he was a bass player. He, he played um, like in a touring band, they played with Iron Maiden. Um, so like, I knew rock stars that like the rock stars, I knew like musicians, they like, like Jan Arden would come over and stuff like that. So I, I like, I knew these like musicians in my life. So like, I knew kind of like more like how they were in reality. And then obviously I started actually playing music, um, and playing in bands of like uh, many, many bands and some that, you know, wanted to hit it really hard. Some that like, you know, the, the kind of bands that just want to like play music. And then you hit, you see all these different personality types, like the Mitch character, like he's just mm-hmm. this kind of laid back. He just wants to play. He doesn't care. And I loved him. Um, if they're famous, he doesn't care if, if they're <laughs> like nobodies. And then you have like these, this, these Eric types who are just like, if it's not, if it's, if they're not hitting all the marks, if it's if they're not uh in the spotlight there's something wrong mm-hmm. right and you and i and i know these people in real life so a lot of these like these characters to me are based on on real people i mean no one person in particular but they're all based on things i know about real people so yeah it felt inside like it felt like we knew these people from inside instead of how we imagine they are from the outside which i really liked um so do you consider yourself a horror director like, do you consider yourself a horror person because you said your first horror script like you've been writing other kinds of genres like will your next film will it be another horror film or so then okay so the next film i <laughs> someone else asked me this recently too i, I i'm gonna call it a horror film it's a horror film to me it's written um and we're we're producing it but um I, I think there's going to be people who are upset that we call it a horror film. Um, like the, the purists, the genre purists. Um, it's definitely a genre film. I would call it, I mean, some people are going to be like, it's an action movie. Um, I mean, we're, we're budgeting like $3,000 just for blank ammunition. Just to give you an idea. Um, but 
but I, to me, it's a horror film. I mean, a horror film to me is, is like tension. It has to do with the atmosphere, the tension, um, not so much monsters. Right. I mean, some people are like, it's it, like, if it's not ghosts or vampires or monsters, it's not a horror film. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, to me, to me, it's more about the tension. It's more about like, to me, a lot of thrillers are horror films. I mean, the gift, the 2015 film, the gift, like to yes. me, that's a horror, it's a horror movie. I mean, it's got like, yeah. it's got the, it's got the cues. It's got the score. It's got the atmosphere it's got the tension yeah um, the sense of menace yeah. yeah exactly to me it's a horror movie yeah. um but a lot of people are, will say no that's not a horror film so but i so yeah my next film i i would call it a horror film but originally i did like yeah yeah i mentioned that that was my first horror screenplay before that i wrote probably like half a dozen like comedy features um because that my original goal was to go into comedy but i kind of like lost i don't know if i lost interest in it so much um, just comedy is just so difficult to do, especially from like producing, um, and, and marketing and, and distribution. Mm-hmm. I mean, with a horror film, you can make a film with, with people no one's seen before, like actors, no one's seen before. Right. Um, and, and people will eat it up. Right. Yeah. But if you make a comedy film with a bunch of guys, no one's ever seen before, who's going to watch it. No one's going to watch it. Right. <laughs> um, Our fans will watch anything, including me. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting how both of your films are um, like out in the wilderness, like this beautiful wilderness. And that's been like the, both, both of your films. One was the winter wilderness. One was more summer, but I love that you, you drop down horror movies inside these incredible environments. <laughs> so I love that unexpectedness of that because you're like one of the characters, even in black mountainside said, I love it here. I don't mind staying here. And you're thinking, yeah, it seems so beautiful. I'd like to stay there too. And you know, as the movie goes on, you're like, get me the hell out of this place. (laughs) But uh, I like that too, how you'll take that beauty and then make it ominous. And I think that's a really cool um, sort of unexpected kind of twist on the horror film. It doesn't have to be a scary house. It doesn't have to be in a, you know, always at night or, you know, anything like that. It can be in a beautiful place too. And that's what was fun about it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it helps that, um, like I spend a lot of time out. I mean, when you're in Canada, every, you can't go half and drive half an hour without being in the middle of like the wilderness. Um, so, I mean, I spend a ton of time out. I mean, I have four dogs, so they, they have to go walk somewhere. Um, so yeah, we, we go out into the, into the, into the woods all the time. And and that's, I've, I've, I mean, anyone who's ever like been out in the forest when it's like dark outside and they're alone. Yeah. Um, it gets scary fast. Yeah. It gets scary fast. A lot of people don't know that. Cause a lot of people haven't been outside. Like I'm talking to people, a lot of people have never gone like camping and like you, out, out in the wilderness. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. no, it's a, it's, it's, it's gl- glamorous, romantic, Oh, camping and go out. And then you realize that, you know, the sun goes down at five 30 and then you really just want to hunker down by the campfire and not, yeah. not go 10 feet away from the campfire because then you're like there's there's people there's animals out there there's stuff right. out there you know? and even in archons like some of the scariest stuff was out in this broad daylight and this beautiful canoe trip on the the on this water and all of a sudden this horrific stuff is happening and you're like wait i'm not ready <laughs> yeah. i've been camping out in the desert before where you know there's nothing there's no nowhere for a monster to hide you know and you just at night i remember one time out in the bureau of land management and we went out there to watch the meteor shower and we're just in the middle of the desert in a and made camp you know and i just wandered at night wandered in a little bit into the desert i felt like just you know you know cross the yard you know (laughs) and looking up at the sky and all that and then i turned around and walked back towards the where the camp was and i felt like i was walking a lot farther than i had walked out and i kept walking and walking and then i started feeling like where where is the camp? It was a weird feeling because I knew it was, it had to be within this. I didn't, I wasn't taking a long walk. It was just a little walk, but it was a little walk into this absolute darkness, the unfamiliar featurelessness. I eventually found, I, I survived. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're alive now. You're alive. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. But it was weird. You know, I remember my heart started beating and I was like, am I, am I lost? <laughs> yeah. And like aliens too, right? And death exactly. <laughs> you know that this is the entrance to a sacred native river. Salish shamans would send their children to wrap down the river when they turned 14. You sure you want to come along? Yeah, no, I'm sure it's not a big deal. You're okay with the drugs and everything, right? I can handle my own. 
What is it? I have no idea what this place is. This place gives me the creeps. Can you see them too? I've been watching us since last night. We're on drugs, man. Whatever you think you're seeing is just in your head. Anybody there? So we were talking about um, your next script will probably be more like uh, a horror film that might skew action, a little yeah, more action I, oriented. I, Is I it think... different? Because your your movies so far have been kind of low, like sort of a low key horror where it's more you know small cast, like you said, like like, and there's some extreme violence in especially Black Mountainside, um, but it's not action, you know. So how is that different? Well, so so with this with this next film, yeah, I think there's it's going to be a little bit more violent. It's going to be a little bit more graphic. Yeah. But like I said, I think there's going to be people who are just going to be like, it's just not a, I don't won't call it a horror film, but um, but yeah, I would say it's it's going to be action. It's going to be action that skews horror probably, and hmm. if you want to describe it as as something, I mean. A lot of people like Black Mountain side people will describe it as like, oh, it's the thing meets the shining or whatever. And then mm-hmm. people who watch, um, I've heard this one a few times with Archons, is it's like, oh, it's kind of like Alien meets Deliverance or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, all oh, good films. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm not complaining about that. But I think with, with, with this next one, I don't know if, if it's going to be so easy to draw like a... Uh, not to say like it's so unique, but like I don't, it's not going to be quite so easy to draw. Like, uh, oh, it's this meets this. I, I think it's it's not weirder. It's certainly not weirder than Archons or 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 Black Mountainside. But um, I think I think if 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 people are attentive and they're and you know they're fans of Black Mountainside, I think they'll see that oh, this is by the same person. This is you know a lot of similar themes, but it's definitely something different i mean you might be able you might you could say that archons is is very similar to black mountainside in a lot of ways i would this next one is it's it's a different it's a different direction so oh that's exciting very yeah. exciting yeah, i can't wait for it so when do you uh, you're in pre-production now and you have an idea when you're going to start filming and so our tentative filming date is june 7th for that one and then um that'll be 17 day shoot and then I think we're going to try to do post-production pretty quickly. I mean, we're not going to have a lot of the red tape that we've had, we had with Archons um, or Black Mountainside. We had a lot of, it was difficult with, with distribution and tax credits. I mean, in Canada, uh-huh. we have our, our tax credit system, which is very complicated and it requires lawyers and accountants and, and paperwork and filing with the government and um, requirements with what kind of distributors you're allowed to use. Because in Canada, if you want to get tax credit money, you have to use a Canadian distributor and there's only like three of them. So it, it, it becomes, it's difficult. Um, but with this next one, we we've decided right from the get go, we're, we're going to self distribute. There's not going to, we're not going to deal with tax credits. We're done with that. Um, and, and that's just going to make it so much easier. Like once the film is done, we can, we're going to put it out on, you know, all the, the platforms you get your regular movies, VOD streaming, um, oh, like your Amazons, your iTunes, your, your voodoos. Um, right. so that's the plan with this one. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of what I wanted to do with archons, but you know, I wasn't necessarily agreed with <laughs> every step of the way there and so but but this next one yeah i mean everyone's on everyone in the production's on board we're, we're gonna it's gonna be out it's gonna be out pretty quickly once it's done oh, um, that's ex- exciting yeah it's so yeah. hard to make a film and, and then get it distributed i mean it's just it's hard to do like you know I, like i said i did a short film a couple of years ago and it's just it was incredibly difficult to actually get it made and so kudos that you've made two films and you're gonna make a third one all features yeah. that's impressive you know you're you're building your filmography Hard to do all of that stuff pre, yeah. post shooting it. It's all headaches uh, all the way, and uh, well, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> it's cr- it, it's, it's just, just fun to make movies. This is fun. 
It's just <laughs> sounds fun. It is fun, but it's also a pain in the ass half the time. I think I'll make you know? a film yeah. later this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, a black mountainside was a lot of fun to make. Um, I think everyone had fun. I mean, people I've talked to still say that it's the, the funnest movie they've ever made. Um, mm. Like the, oh, the set good. was great. That's, that's great. Um, that says a lot about you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, then Archons was probably one of the most horribly horrible <laughs> films to make oh, ever. No. So working with water for some reason, I've always known things that I've worked on whenever you have something that happens in, in the water, I don't know what it is, but that's always a nightmare. <laughs> Was that a nightmare for you? Was water a problem? Water was a massive problem with with (laughs) archons. I mean, just like, because when you're shooting on water and we're actually going down rivers, we're on a boat with the camera. Yeah. And the the actors are actually on boats that are, they're they're canoeing. They're actually canoeing. So when you say cut, we we, like, let's do another take. You got to get all those boats back (laughs) back to the other end of the river. Right. So, and you can't just like canoe, um, like you can't just row a canoe up a river. Right. Right. So you're, you're pulling off to the edge. You're, you're getting it off. You have a team hauling the canoe all the way back. Every single take you want to do and every single angle you want to get. So, I mean, originally in, in our, uh, in our shot list that we had before we went to shoot, we had a shot list of, we wanted to get like, it was like 24 shots a day and we ended up getting something like six shots a day. Oh God! <laughs> so, so we dropped a lot of shots from the shot list and, um, we, a lot of times we're like, okay, this scene, we wanted to have six shots. Uh, how can we do it in one? Right. Oh. So, wow. Yeah. It made, it made it really difficult. And, um, uh, I get seasick that made it difficult. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I you, and, you and me both. Yeah. Forget it. You know. So you're like, I have a great idea. I'm seasick. I'm going to make a movie on the water. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a massive regret. And, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the other producers, uh, he got sick, uh, like two days before shooting. Um, I got sick day one of shooting. I had to go to the hospital oh twice God. during that movie. Oh my um, God. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was just, it was a giant mess. I mean, we had like our AD uh, assistant director, he dropped out on day two. Um, mm. So I directed and AD on day two, oh, <laughs> which, which was a lot while you're <laughs> like also between going to the hospital. Oh my and, God. Yeah. It, it was just a mess that, yeah. Don't shoot on water. It's too much stress. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. And you, and then you got your set dressers have to get out there and move the dead possum out of the shot. And leave. yeah. Well, oh, plus you have to have that lake has to be like, it's just one, it's just two people on a boat and it, it has to be still, you have to have this shimmering still river or lake. And of course, you know, there's another boat there and is making, you know, all kinds of ripples and stuff. I'm sure you're okay. We've got to wait for the, the water to sort of calm down a little bit. So yeah, was I it mean, as remote as it looked or were you, were you able to leave and go stay in hotels or whatever at night? Or did you have to camp out like you did, <laughs> did in Black Mountainside? So with Archons, we were, we were far from like certain scenes we were, we were far are like um one like we so that that river in the film we actually shot it on three different rivers so so like the main rowing canoeing stuff where they're chatting and on their boats going down the river that's all actually that's really remote it was on a, an actual sacred native river um oh. that we had to get permission from a native tribe to shoot on so oh, that's cool. um so 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 that was out there and yeah but we we did put people up in hotels and squamish for that one but it was like an hour drive out there we had to shuttle everyone out shuttle everyone back mm-hmm. um Cause they're there. I mean, it was a, like a reserve, so you can't just go stay on the reserve. Oh, right. Um, and then uh, yeah, the other one, other part of the river we shot on again, it was a similar thing. It was actually a campground. So, but we couldn't like keep the crew on a campground cause crews want hotel rooms, not campsites. So <laughs> again, shuttling people back and forth uh, with that one too. So that, that was tough. And then the, the last bit, we finally got the last bit of the river was on someone's private property, um, in actually Surrey. So that one was a lot easier. People could just come from their homes. <laughs> wow. But that's amazing. Well, that's, it's, it's seamless. It look, doesn't look like you're all over the place. It looks like you're in one continuous location. I mean, along one river stopping at one, you know, each campsite as you go. So it works. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, have yeah. somebody shooting behind the scenes, like a burden of dreams kind of documentary about <laughs> the film. Yeah. I wish we would have actually, um, that was one thing we didn't do. We, we with black mountainside, we had a guy who was actually shooting behind the scenes, every, everything. So we have lots of stuff to share, but with our cons, the budget was stretched so thin that we just didn't get a lot of that stuff. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, move making movies, not always fun. 
Well, one no. thing we always like to ask directors and filmmakers and writers is the we like to ask about the things that inspired you, like what films you saw when you were growing up. You said you started out when you were 13 or something. I think that's, I started making films when I was about 13 or something like that. But I go back to the super eight days, you know, where we had to figure out ways to tell stories without sound because I didn't have sound on the camera. <laughs> and the, um, the thing that, when you go back to the the origins of your interest in filmmaking like storytelling and what was it what was the what was the moment when you said i want to do that well it could be one of two things i mean i saw the evil dead when i was like <laughs> when i was really young and i rewatched it again when i was probably like 12 or 13 years old and i remember watching it and being like i like this movie like, I liked it a lot. It was my favorite movie. But I was, like, at the same time, like, I'm looking at it. I'm, like, I can do this. Like, this, like, no offense to the movie, but it's not, right. like, you know, it's yeah. not Scorsese. Right. Scorsese's Evil Dead. Right. Um, so, I, watching that and then just being, like, this looks accessible. Like, it looks like something mm -hmm. I could do. Um, and that that that's, like, where my interest in horror came from, too. I mean, I loved horror films um, as, like, an entertainment kind of as, as you know, any teenager who likes horror films. Um, but then another thing was, like I, like I said, I was writing comedies. I really wanted to make, like, comedy films. I, I, I was really into Judd Apatow at the time. Um, and I remember I actually got a hold of one of his screenplays that he hadn't shot yet at the time um, for funny people. And this was, like, two years before they filmed it. And I remember like getting my hands on it and being like super excited. And I, I was like, I'm going to read like a movie that hasn't been made. And I'd never done that before. And I'd never gotten like a screenplay before it had been made before. Um, and I remember reading it and, and again, being like, as I'm reading through it, um, it like, it wasn't a perfect screen. I mean, it wasn't the greatest movie ever made, but it wasn't a perfect screenplay. And like, I remember reading the jokes and being like, these aren't jokes that I couldn't come up with. Um, yeah. like I wasn't blown away the same way, like I would have been watching the film. And I remember, oh, so this is like a screenplay. This is, um, like how, how it, how it works. This is what it looks like. This is how right. it's written. Um, I can do this. Like I I'm looking at this blueprint in front of me and you know, it's 110 pages or whatever. And I'm like, I've written stuff that's that long. So why, why can't I just do it in this format? Why can't I do this and package it like this? So after reading that, yeah, I wrote, I wrote a couple comedy screenplays kind of, you know, trying to, to be Judd Apatow or whatever. And then I, friends read them and they liked them and we just filmed them. But, but yeah, those were the, the main, like th those were the reasons that I, I got into like wanting to make films. Yeah. I, always, I love hearing that kind of stuff. Cause everybody sort of has a different, um, different sort of origin, but also it all kind of is, is in a way kind of the same. Like you see it and you go, I want to do that. You know, and it's like, and I love how you said it seemed accessible because some films, like you yeah. said, like Scorsese, you look at that, you're like, I could never do that. But then when you see a film, you go, that makes me want to make a movie. I could do that. You know, I love that. I just think it's so inspiring. Yeah. Like you don't go see Avatar and you're like, hey, I could do this. I <laughs> yeah. can just get my 3D camera. And yeah, no, but yeah. Right. But I mean, you watch Evil Dead and you're like, this is a cabin. Like my buddy has a cabin and like yeah. these actors, I don't know who these actors are. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, you know, Bruce Campbell now, but like. It's yeah. like, th those are just someone's buddies. And this right. is like my buddy's cabin. And like, what else is there? Fake blood? Okay, sure. Yeah. And they get one, like a two by four and put a camera on it and ran through the woods for that. Yeah, exactly. Effect. You know I mean? I love that. So it did seem like something. Any one of us could have done that. Totally. <laughs> you know and what? then you dig a little deeper and you find the one he made before that, which is like Into the Woods, I think it's called. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's like, and then now you're watching like, hey, I've made stuff that's better than this. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> it's like, you're I like, do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's really funny. So Mark and I were in Army of Darkness, just so you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were extras in the in Army of Darkness. But I think Mark ended up in the film. I always tell this story that um, I was actually directed by... Uh, by Sam Raimi, <laughs> I, the character that I was playing in the in the film was Angry Peasant. Okay, potatoes, right? And I was I actually got personal direction from Sam Raimi, and you know what his direction was? He came up and he was like, "Can we move this guy into the back of the?" Group? <laughs> <laughs> Great, <laughs> not selling it. <laughs> need to get him out of the shot. 
Well, I'll give you my, and Nick, I'll give you my, uh, I was an extra in, uh, in uh, Judd Apatow's Knocked Up. So if you ever watch that again, in the fantasy baseball scene, you'll see me there as one of the, fa- the baseball geeks. You know, oh, during, really? During no, the what? draft. I'm right I'm to the right of uh, Paul Rudd. You'll see me with a uh, baseball cap on or something in the Chicago Cubs uh, shirt, I think. so. That's funny. Yeah. So I spent a day, a friend of mine worked on the story for him and stuff. So I got to spend the day on the set. So that was really fun. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna look at it. <laughs> okay, you'll see him. You'll see him. He's my in there. Claim, my claim to fame. Nice. You watch Army of Darkness. Don't look for me. <laughs> you will not see him. The camera goes so pa- fast past the peasants that it shouldn't have mattered. You never even see them. <laughs> I could just say that that one right there is me. You know? you, I, I don't know why you keep telling a story. You can say, I'm in it. Look for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm right there. <laughs> it's so well, true. Uh, Nick, we really look forward to seeing your next film. And please keep us abreast of that. We'd love to have you back on and talk about that movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, uh, but currently, Black Mountainside and Archons are available on all streaming services. And please check them out because if you're looking for really good, kind of a, a low budget, but really high end looking film that mm-hmm. will uh, make you think and i'd love to talk about i knew about archons uh, off the mic about what happened because we have our yeah. theories yeah but uh, nick shostakowski is that shostakowski right yep shostakowski okay got it okay um thanks for coming on so yeah thank ago. you so much it's been great we loved your movies yeah thank thanks you. for joining us and i i don't think they're i don't i wouldn't even describe them as low budget films i don't no, uh, the budget they don't look like it there's not a um I say it because it's impressive that you sh- it looks so good and yeah. obviously for a, a, a lower lower money because that's just hard to pull off. Yeah. yeah, they're nicely directed, beautifully shot. They're everything about them. There's nothing. There's not one of you know how there's a thing in a lot of low budget films. There's the one thing that kind of blows it. You know, <laughs> these don't have that. So no, the effects were good. I mean, you would know you were out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but yeah, right. beautiful films in beautiful locations that are actually really scary. That's that's great what you look for. And yeah. Very cool films. Yeah. Very impressed. Thanks so much. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. You have to promise on uh, on camera that you'll come back and do it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I'll, I love doing these things, so I'll definitely. Yeah, be back. Great. Or just you know, Thanks. as long again, as long as you don't mind the screaming kids in the the background. Or, I didn't yeah. hear them. I don't hear. No, don't hear them. Uh, you know, in this day and age, too, everyone, like, you know, kids and dogs in the background are just sort of normal now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Exactly, right? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. This is Cinemondo signing off. Cinemondo.